People of the world, it's the Brothers Talk family with your hosts, Rod, Scott, and Norm. Join us each Friday wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts or on our website to hear us three black, unfiltered African-American men with no strings attached, giving voice to the most feared, most misunderstood, and most rarely heard from segment of the population on topics of interest to us for education, enlightenment, and entertainment. You can reach us with your comments, questions, and suggestions at The Brothers Talk on Twitter, The Brothers Talk on Instagram, and the Facebook group of the same name. And also follow us on Facebook. And if you want to share in more detail, hit us up at the email address, thebrotherstalk at gmail.com. Stay tuned for our soon-to-launch YouTube channel, and now on with this week's show. We're back again, Brothers Talk family, joining you in the den, kitchen, barbershop, or beauty shop, your backyard, your corner, or wherever you hold your relevant conversations to spur critical thinking and activism around support for the Black community. Thank you, first-time listeners. We're glad you joined us, and we look forward to you becoming part of our worldwide family and spreading the word about this podcast where we promote critical thought, enlightened conversations, and new business opportunities to empower and enrich our community. Another day, another day that would rather ignore the truth that acknowledges the lie that this nation is a colorblind meritocracy instead of a 400-year failed experiment for non-white people with systems designed by, for, and to benefit whites. And every day that goes by without majority white intervention in eradicating racism is another day that white America is complicit in fomenting the environment that creates the next Peyton Gendron, Patrick Cruzis, Dylan Roof, or Kyle Rittenhouse, or allows the next round of murderous police officers like Darren Wilson, who killed Michael Brown Jr., Daniel Pataleo, who killed Eric Garner, Miles Cosgrove, who killed Breonna Taylor, or Timothy Lohman, who killed Tamir Rice, to be free to murder again. And I hope you took note of the fact that all of the first group of mass murderers are radicalized young male white teenagers with only one, Crucius being over the age of 20 at either 21 or 23, depending on which source of information you check. And that's what will continue to happen as long as the white establishment prefers to see racism as a black problem that the only way it can be erased is to hurt little Chad and Buffy's feelings and mean that they'll have to give up some of the white privilege in order for us to gain equality, much less honestly address reparations. These young people are no different from the same ones being radicalized by Al-Qaeda and ISIS, and who, if the situation isn't truthfully realized, will find them turning that same kind of vitriol on their own country. Of course, we're not abdicating our responsibility to use our minds critically and constructively instead of destructively, and stop destroying each other so that we can use our God-given gifts, talents, and abilities to start businesses, wield political power, and demand that this nation repay us what we're owed for that 244 years of forced free labor and the next 159 years of state-sponsored discrimination. And finally, let's stop faking the funk and following the herd of the stupid who want you to think that we can will COVID away. It's already back with a vengeance, and just because you're tired of hearing about it, as we all are, doesn't mean that we can ignore the science. So please get vaccinated with your boosters, wear your mask, limit your travel, and avoid crowds that don't practice safety. And now to my brothers in the struggle for critical thinking, Scott and Norm. Thanks, Rod. Hey, family. Uh, thank you for your continued support. Um, I, I I'm not going to echo. I agree with what Rod just said. I mean, it was some some, some powerful, good information. Uh, but I think you you should notice that the pandemic is still here with us. There, there. Every state has has or has had a rise 
in the um, infection rate in the last couple of weeks. So uh, we might be going into a serious situation come this fall, but we could probably can prevent that if people who are not vaccinated go get vaccinated and wear your mask and social distance. All those things have been protecting us. Uh, on another note, we got to continue to try to support each other. Go out there and go to black businesses. It may, it may cost you a few extra dollars. You may be a little bit disappointed with the, with the customer service, but when you support black businesses, you're supporting black communities. Norm? Thanks, Scott. And I kind of want to piggyback on what Rod and you touched on regarding the pandemic. We had our church service canceled today because we have found five new cases of COVID in our, amongst our congregation. And so just to remind everyone, this is real and it's still real. And um, you know, if we don't have health, we have nothing in our community. And as far as black business goes, well, I read an article and I understand that black businesses, the startups because of the pandemic have started to flourish and grow. So again, just like Scott said, uh, we need to support them and continue to grow jobs in our community. Rod? We are honored today to have a true pioneer in our mix with a brother who's been out here in this fight on the airwaves for some time now. Brother Scotty T. Reed is the founder of the nonprofit media organization, Black Talk Media Project, and the creator of the award-winning media platform, Black Talk Radio Network. He's the host and producer of the BTR News podcast and was the co-producer of the award-winning New Abolitionist Radio podcast. He's been producing news talk programming since 2007 and has interviewed hundreds of guests on various topics over the years and assisted many with technology questions concerning creating podcasts and digital radio stations. We're glad to have this trailblazer that we followed without even knowing it. So we're glad to have him as our guest. Brother Scotty, please greet the Brothers Talk family before we jump into the conversation. Well, greetings um, to you all. And I just want to co-sign on what y'all said and add on to, you know, what you said about the COVID thing, because it has impacted Black people more than anyone. Um, there was recently an Oprah Winfrey produced uh, um TV show or documentary called The Color of Care. And I had the opportunity to interview one of the uh, Black female doctors who was on there uh, on that documentary. And they really stressed how many people we have lost because we're not taking, uh, too many of us are not taking COVID serious. And the only thing I would add to that, I haven't had a cold or the sniffles in, in over two years because whenever I go to a public space, I'm always wearing my mask and social distancing. And also uh, vitamin D has been proven to boost your immune system. So if, and a lot of black people are vitamin D deficient because our melanin kind of blocks the sun's natural production of vitamin D in our skin. So glad to be here with you brothers to discuss serious issues uh, that pertain to our communities. So let's jump right into it then. We were kicking it around in the run up to this podcast edition and talking about the suppression of authentic black male voices. Now, it's no secret to anybody who's listening that there has been a shortage of those kinds of voices. We are not 
lacks to tell you about a lot of those who do get those opportunities that they do not represent what are the kinds of conversations we have. So Brother Scotty, you've been out here at this a long time. So we want to jump back into the idea of what sort of solutions, what can we do? Because we realize that we're not crossing any new ground when we start to talk about the lack of voices and the need to have more voices. But what do we need to do to combat the kind of apathy and the indoctrination that has caused our people to not be as forthright in supporting that authentic voice that should they should be anxious to hear? Well, there's no magic bullet. OK, we we already know that mainstream platforms um, do not want to hear from authentic black male voices. Sure, they'll love to have uh, Don Lemon hosting a show. Uh, they'll love, they love Roland Martin and, and people like that. They're solidly in what I would call the liberal camp. And so the only thing that we can do to combat it is to do what you guys are doing right now. And that is to produce grassroots media. Okay, maybe we won't have the audience that that a CNN will give someone, you know, millions of people, but we will reach enough and we'll plant some seeds that will grow, you know, and and the word will spread. So that's the only thing that we can do is to walk in the footsteps of our independent black newspapers, you know, that have been around for over a century and will have you now. They're suffering because of, you know, just in general newspapers, that business model is, is not able to survive, you know, this digital uh, internet age. But I like my nonprofit uh, tries to focus on and tell people is that for for a very minimum amount of money, you can produce your media, you can create your own platforms. We just need to keep uh, doing our best to get you know the content out there, and hopefully the audience will grow. But I don't have I don't have any magic bullets or or anything like that. But all we got to do is just keep 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 on keeping on. So, Scotty, um, what has been you, you think has been the the single thing that has prevented your uh, your show, your radio station, from expanding uh, at the rate that others, like non-black, like white, same type uh, stations have have expanded? Um, well. When you create your own platforms, you still need to be able to reach people. All right. So that means you're either going to have to have an advertisement budget or you're going to have to utilize social media, you know, to push your content out there. But again, there therein lies the problem when we don't control these platforms where the majority, not just the black people, but the majority of the world is on Facebook, you know. And, and on those type of platforms. And so what prohib what's prohibitive is when they shadow ban us or they accuse us of violating their terms of service because they don't like what we have to say. Not that we were threatening anybody, not that we were floating crazy conspiracy theories or anything like that. It's just that we're not down with the program. 
We're not down with either the Democratic Party or the Republican Party. We're independent voices in, and that's just simply won't do. You know, Facebook has also been been known as Fedbook. All right. Um, it's a surveillance network. So, again, the only thing that we can do is create these digital spaces. I call them digital safe spaces for our people and then just try try to let people know that we exist and hopefully they will support it. But my biggest impediment has been the lack of financial support. That's been my biggest uh, uh, impediment of growing the audience. And I don't, I really don't know what, what to do about that other than, you know, just try to maintain what I got going. And yeah, we do grow, but it's usually at a snail's pace. But let me be clear though, we do reach a lot of people. Um, in, in the time that I have been podcasting, I've had over 4 million downloads from, you know, when I look at my digital radio streams and, and look at who's tuning in, I'm reaching people in over 180 countries and what and, and what have you. And and so only thing I know is to just keep at it. This this for me is like like a calling, you know, like like how some pastors are called to preach and, and what have you. This is my ministry. The Black Talk Media Project is my ministry. And I think sometimes also our biggest impediment is competition with each other instead of collaborating with each other. We want to be, and, and that's what, that's other than, um, you know, being banned on the first platform I was on unjustly, which led me to create, um, you know, a separate platform. But when I started Black Talk Radio on Blog Talk Radio, I was like, wait a minute, man, why why are we all in competition with each other to see who's going to have the most listeners and all that? Why don't we create a station and, and bring everybody on? You had this day, I had to take that day. And then that way we're combining our audiences and then we're reaching more people and, and presenting more, more authentic voices. Um, Scotty, like yourself, I was banned from uh, one of the major social media platforms. Could you expand and, and tell the audience um, why they banned you? Um, I was banned two years ago on Twitter. Now, although I only had 6,000 followers, I had world leaders that was following Black Talk Radio. Barack Obama, um, a neoliberal capitalist, was following Black Talk Radio. And so we did have a lot of influence with the people that matter. All right. Or, or I'm not saying that Barack Obama matters, but what I'm saying is we must have been doing something right or else these people wouldn't have started following us to see what we had had to say. And and because I'm not a conservative, I'm not a liberal, I don't subscribe to any party affiliation or anything like that. And I will criticize Republicans, just like I criticize the Democrat. And so, you know, Hillary Clinton, who I think is a very nasty, wicked woman who has done many criminal things, she said something on Twitter posting some disinformation about Bernie Sanders, who was in the primary against Joe Biden. And, and you know, I, was it a polite thing for me to say? But all I said was, you know, why don't you just find a, a hole and crawl in it and die? That, yeah, that's all I said. I ain't say somebody should kill her. I didn't say anything of the sort. And so they banned, they banned me for that. 
And, and so, you know, on Facebook, I'm constantly on three-day bands. Well, I shouldn't say constantly, but, you know, I'm on three-day bands for discussing white supremacy and, 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 and sharing content related to white supremacy. But the way they flip it is like, I'm promoting white supremacy, you know? And a lot of Black activists have complained uh, about Facebook. And so like I was uh, saying in our run-up, you know, our, our pre-show conversation, I got 25,000, if not more by now, followers on our Facebook page, Black Talk Radio Network. But yet when I post videos of um, that's discussing social political issues, I'm not reaching those 25,000 people, even though they following the content, I may only reach a couple of hundred or so. But let me post a, a, a funny video about a chihuahua or, you know, a cat or something like that, to, you know, try to try to mix the content that seems to reach thousands of people. So the only thing that I can think of why that is, is that they're suppressing certain type of content. And Scotty, you know, you said something there that is at the core of the Brothers Talk family podcast here, because we really do emphasize critical thinking, which is all about what you were just sharing around, putting something out that has some meaning. It's funny to me that it seems like the only place where we really have achieved equality is in how we have decided to join the dumbed down masses and mm -hmm. refuse to take the time to think through things. So we're going to keep hammering that nail. So what do you see as what, what else needs to be done to try to get more people to adopt the need to think critically? Unfortunately, the U.S. education system um, doesn't teach critical thinking. All right, our children are 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 tested based on their their ability to memorize answers and not really critically think. Now, you might get that that sort of um, exposure or those sort of lessons when you go to higher education, but K through twelve. Children are not trained to be critical thinkers. Children are trained to be followers. Children are trained to be workers. Children are trained not to question authority. Okay. It starts in your home. That's what a parent should be a child's number one teacher. If you're not supplementing your child's education outside of the school system, um, if you're not working closely with your child and, and monitoring what the system is teaching him, and then as they're doing their homework on the side, you're asking them critical questions, you know, to get them to think about some of the stuff that it may bring up um, in your mind. And so that's where it starts. You know, Malcolm X said that anybody, you know, and I'm paraphrasing, he was like, only a fool will let his enemy teach his children. Well, unfortunately, in the United States, we have compensatory, you know, education that if you don't send your child to school, then you can, you know, get in uh, face criminal penalties um, for that. And then all of us do not have the ability to pay for our children's K through 12, you know, send them to an Afrocentric private school or charter school or something like that. So it's financially prohibited. And, and so the only, the only thing I do is I have always been 
very involved as um, in my children's life and even my grandchildren today. Very strong advocates uh, for them. Um, and that's the only thing I know to do. That, that's the only thing I know to do, brother, is it starts with us as parents first. We've covered a lot of topics tonight. A lot of it, though, centered around, around media. <clears throat> what do you think about uh, the state of Black politics uh, right now? Because it don't, don't exist. <laughs> Let me stop you right there. It don't <laughs> exist. Well, Not I'm in the mainstream. Right. I'm going to say I, I really don't consider us really having any real Black leadership. No, uh, we don't. Because, you know, Congressional Black Caucus, we talk about that on the show all the time, non-existence. Uh, you know, uh, Barack Obama is seen in more, seeming more like a, uh, uh, what is it, a snake oil salesman. Uh, he just, and, and I just, it, it's just like you said, it's non-existent. I just wanted, wanted your thoughts on that. Yeah, it's non-existent. And I'm, I'm glad you brought up the Congressional Black Caucus. Um, you know, not to speak ill of the dead, um, but, you know, um, John Lewis that was out of Georgia. Now, this is a brother who who had a very militant and radical beginnings. And when I say militant, yes, Martin Luther King was a militant. Being militant don't mean taking up arms and, and committing acts of violence. OK, even though violence does have its place. All right. But when you're expressing independent thought as a black man towards, you know, the betterment of your people or what's, what's best for, the, for them, no, they don't. John Lewis sold out. He sold out, man. And, and so and look at James Clyburn, for example. Now, James Clyburn credits himself and the media gives him credit for getting that racist Joe Biden denomination over a Bernie Sanders who marched with Dr. King, who was in the uh, uh, in core, you know, the Congress of Racial Equality, who got arrested protesting housing discrimination, while you had Joe Biden having lunch with segregationists, slapping hands and and telling jokes and giving the eulogy to such races as Strom Thurmond. And, and so the Congressional Black Caucus, when you look at who funds that, there's a lot of corporations that produce products that are harmful to Black people, you know, right. whether it's alcohol, whether it's to tobacco companies, uh, whether it's the military industrial complex. I mean, just think about this. I, I don't think we've had a real Black leader. Uh, in Congress since John Conyers, may he rest in peace. Not saying that he was right on everything, but he had been supporting reparations for over 20 years. He is the one who introduced those bills into Congress. And, you know, now what's dominating the news is Russia's um, denazification of Ukraine, which they won't admit to it, um, that that's what's going on. But when they first started to fund the Ukrainian uh, military, John Conyers put in a ban on it going to the, the Nazi uh, battalions that they incorporated into their military. Now, today, when you tell me when the last time you heard about any black congressional uh, representative talking about the Nazis in Ukraine and we shouldn't be sending them $40 billion worth of weapons that we won't even have the ability to track. 
So the not, the black leadership is non-existent. When you have when you have um, a strong black person with with you know the right values and what like a Nina Turner. I don't know if the audience knows of Nina Turner, um, who was recently lost her election to a black woman who was endorsed by the Democratic establishment in Ohio. You know um, they shut her out. They, when these people come to try to uh, get elected, the Democratic Party does not support them. And, you know, we're not, I don't even think the Republicans is a viable option at all, at no. all. So, so, you know, we don't, we don't have black leadership. It's, it's in it. And I put that on us as a people. Number one, I understand why people don't vote. They get frustrated. The last two Democratic primaries were rigged. And before Scott, somebody accused Scotty of floating a conspiracy theory, the DNC was sued by progressive voters for rigging the primary, the 2016 primary. And in court, the lawyers of the DNC said that we, we, can, uh, we can give our nomination to whoever we want to. To me, that's election fraud. You're right. So, so, you know, that's the problem. That's the problem right there. And Malcolm X pointed out this problem. He said, he said that we were politically immature. That's what he said. And we are, but I'm not saying that as a personal failing of our people, but it's the pro that we're programmed. That's all we know. That's all we're, let me rephrase that. That's all that's being pushed towards us is these symbolic mainstream candidates and what have you. But when it comes to substance, these people are so sorely lacking. Scotty T. Reed, everybody. Brother, you are welcome here anytime to come back. You're a wealth of knowledge, a wealth of information, and a refreshing breath of air to join into these conversations that really are at the heart of the Brothers Talk. So in our Black Business Spotlight of the Week in the month of May, we want to continue to encourage each and every one of you out there to not only go out and find and patronize a Black business, but to encourage everyone you know to do so. We're making May booming Black Business Month, and let's see exactly how much of the $1.5 trillion we generate as consumers each year can stay in our community. We've got our relaunching Black Wall Street nationwide, one household at a time campaign in its second year. And let's put a laser focus on what happens when we put our minds to it. That's a wrap for another program. God willing, we'll keep our focus on the issues that impact our community on the path to a better future. Don't forget, you can follow and communicate with us, sending your comments, questions, and show ideas to The Brothers Talk on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, or email us, thebrotherstalk at gmail.com. Until the next time, as always, we sincerely appreciate your time and interest and rest assured that we'll never take it or you for granted. And remember, let's do better today because that's all we really have.